of what they're doing, and uh, it's really good, and God is healing people, saving people, uh, just transforming lives, and it's such a huge thing. You know, for us, we live in America, we don't even think we need Jesus, right? We just sort of think we can do everything on our own, uh, but in those mountains and those hills and those villages, uh, if you have a toothache, that's a big deal. If you don't have a home, that's, they need miracles all the time, and so they, they just so appreciate Harvey and the team that goes because we believe in miracles. We believe in miracles, uh-huh, you know that song? Yeah, we, y'all don't know that song? It's a good song. And you know what I love? I love all the life. We, I was at the men's camp out since uh, I went up there Thursday. Jacob and I did and Billy Jack. And there's a bunch of men. I'm telling you, uh, there's Jesus being shared all over the place at that camp out. Plus, uh, I cleaned over 100 catfish already. <laughs> and they, they are tearing up the fish. But the big deal is sitting around the campfire and talking and walking. And uh, there's like six or seven little boys there. And and it's like uh, I watched the interaction between the little boys and the men and the dads and the big brothers. And, and uh, you know, it's crazy. You know, they get instruction, right? You, if any of you had little boys, you know what happens. You, you're constantly given instruction. But I also saw brothers, older brothers and dads and their friends embracing them and saying, you're okay. You know, because things happen. When you're at a camp out, things happen, Right. Uh, nobody died. I, I didn't lose anybody very long, and we all made it back. But it's their boys, and stuff happens, and they, they, their feelings are they're growing, and they're learning, and they need to have somebody who will look them in the eye and tell them they're okay. You know, one little boy is so funny. He has such a soft heart. He had said something mean to one of the other little boys, something like what, you know, Maybe Philip and I would have done when we were young, right? I'll kill you for that. You know, that's like, we didn't mean it. I mean, he didn't kill, but I, mean, I didn't kill anybody, even though I might have said that a few times, but it was so hurt. And to watch the, he was so hurt that he, had, he did say that, you know, but he didn't mean it. And he needed somebody to look at him and say, listen, you're okay. You didn't mean that. You're, you're not in trouble, you know? You're not going to get beat within an inch of your life for this. And, but guys, that's what God does. You know, I don't know if we, I love the songs we did today because they're so affirming, right? Like you guys, do, a lot of you do this naturally. But uh, for a lot of us, that's not natural. We're more of the correcting bit than the confirming bit. But you know, you know what Jesus thinks about you? You can argue all you want to. We're going to be looking at scripture again today. Oh, I was advertising for the potluck. I would tell y'all the foods I like, but then that's y'all would y'all are so nice you'd bring it. And uh, I like everything except for celery and Italian food. And uh, well, there may be like twelve or fifteen things I don't like, but other than that, I like it all. And uh, but I really like the potlucks. You know, we looked at the Lord's Prayer last week, and we talked a lot about it. And I wanted to finish it maybe today. I hope. And, uh, you know, I made that point last week, six times in the Lord's Prayer, when the, we, when the disciples said, Jesus, what's the difference in your life? How come you don't just talk, you have power? There's something different about you. And they began to see a little bit, maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe he is the Son of God that came to the world that was given the Holy Spirit without measure. Maybe he was the one that was going to set us free from the bondage that our ancestors uh, walked us into, right? And they began to believe in him. And so one day they said, teach us how to pray, Lord. Because we see that's what's making you different. Don't you want power? Wouldn't you like to have the power to set captives free? To, to release people from depression? To release people from addictions? Wouldn't you like to have the power to speak into a young person's life and, and put them on a path where they live a beautiful, happy, successful, wonderful life and they love Jesus? Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have the power to see someone... You know, disease isn't from God, right? And so we all suffer it until we get to heaven, you know? One day, eventually, all of the all of Jesus' enemies are going to be made a footstool under his feet. The enemy, the demons, will no longer be bringing disease and sickness in the world. But even, wouldn't you like to have the power, like Jesus had, to command blind eyes to see, deaf ears to hear, broken hearts, loss, 
those things to be healed, to, for, for broken people to be put back together? Wouldn't you like to have the power like that? And the disciples wanted that power. They said, Jesus, we want what you have. Teach us the formula. And uh, they didn't know it wasn't a formula. They said, George, teach us. And the first thing he said in this prayer was, Our Father in heaven, you know, uh, hallowed be your name. The first thing he said was, you have an identity. Your identity is wrapped up in whose son you are, whose daughter you are. The first thing you do to come into his presence, to move in the power of God, to become the person that releases the light into the world that he created you for, is you have to come to an agreement with him about who you are. And I'll tell you what, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's the one who went to Adam and Eve and said, hey guys, you're not good enough the way you are. You need to eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then you'll be good enough. And they began trying to become something they already were. And that's sin, because they didn't see themselves the way their father did. And it broke. It broke them. You see, when God found them, you know, he went looking for them, right? When he found them, he, Adam and Eve said, he said, Why, where were you at? Why, what were you doing? They said, uh, you know, they were hiding. They were really hiding. They didn't say that, but they were hiding from him. And he said, he said, we ate from the tree that you told us not to eat from. And it's a tree of judgment, right? We talked about forgiving Forgiving yourself. Can you ever give in to the fact of, and agree with what the scripture says about you? You have a hard time. We're just like knot-headed, hard-headed, stubborn mules. And most of you aren't Isaacs. Um, the last name Isaac. I'm just making fun of Philip because I haven't seen him. I miss Philip. And, uh, you know, Philip, hey, they are, you all are stubborn. You got, you got to admit. And so are the Alfords. Oh, wait, so are you. Right? And the truth is, Jesus has to tell me a hundred times who I am because I'm going to argue with him. And, and I've got, I'm di I disappointed you, God. I mean, that, you want to know something. If you want to get free of something today, is there anything in your life that's bugging you where you know that you, you know, you know that you've disappointed God? You let him down? You didn't stand up? You know, is there anything in your life where you're, where you're seeing that what you did actually determines who you are instead of what he did determines who you are? I mean, we just sang those songs. It's all about him. And then we still argue with him and believe that our stuff overpowers his stuff. Well, I, will, I got news for you. You don't overpower him. I don't care what you've done. There's nothing you've done greater than what he did. And is doing. There's nothing in your life that separates you from the love of God. There's nothing in your life more powerful than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so we live that. So the first thing he prayed, he's like, the, what Jesus did, he identified not with who he was in his family. I mean, he was born out of wedlock, you know. In his society, he was in a small tribe in a low, nothing town he didn't have a earthly dad he was in the bottom of the bottom of the bottom but in his spirit he looked at scripture and he heard in his heart who he really was and it wasn't who he saw you know how what about you who are you is it are you your past are you your family are you Determined by your DNA? Or do, does, the, the, does Jesus himself and the scripture tell you who you are? And that's our, our deal. So the first thing we have to do is recognize the truth. He's our dad. Listen, he's your dad. That changes everything. Maybe you had a dad who wasn't home. Maybe you had a dad who told you things about yourself that's not true. Unfortunately, some of us had dads who did things that should never happen. And they told us we're worthless and they treat us like trash and they left us. Well, listen, your real dad will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's telling you who you are. And all you have to do is, is seek him. And he's going to lift you up. 
Because he, and, he, and he already told us. He said, I'm lifting you up. Jesus said, I came here to earth so that I could bring you and seat you on a throne in heaven with me. You're with me. And when you're with him, you can go in any door, in any place you've ever wanted to go because you're with him. And so that's really the truth. And so I want to, what we talked about last week was forgiving ourselves. And uh, let's read this passage, okay? I, uh, uh, y'all, um, read, it, read it out loud with me if you don't mind. It, it helps me. I don't know if it helps you, but we need to hear this. Okay, let's read it together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Now last week, it's, yeah, it's up there, forgive your sins. Um, last week we talked about forgiving because Jesus said that word six times in this little prayer. I think my whole life I've heard this prayer and I've, I've, I've known this prayer. I never realized that forgiveness was the key to everything. And so we talked about last week, we looked at this in depth. Forgiveness is a really cool word. It's, uh, what that word really means is the root of that word is the word that God calls himself I am. It goes right back to your creation, your genesis, your, your DNA. Our DNA comes from the man who created us. And he created us. And he said, I'm creating you in my image and in my likeness. That's who we are. That may not be who I'm acting like. It may not be who I realize I am. It may not be what I did as him, but he's my father. And Jesus made that clear. He said, you've got a father. You all have earthly fathers. We all did. But our real father is our heavenly father. And we believe him. And so forgiveness is actually when I release myself from whatever it is I'm judging to be who I really am. That's what happens when I forgive myself. I step over the line. I disappoint God. I let him down. I turn, uh, you know, like all of us argue with him all the time. And you know, the bad thing is, the main thing we argue with him about is who we are. He says he loves you. He says you're created in his image. He says you're more than a conqueror, that you're the head and you're not the tail. He says that the world says, I judge you this way, and Jesus says, I judge you this way. The least is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, we, we disagree with him, and forgiveness is when I step back and say to the Father, I agree with you about what you think about me. I forgive me. That's what that word means. And you know, then, you know what happens is you forgive yourself, you forgive others. So when you see somebody not acting like how you think they should act, it's because they're not being who they really are. And you need to forgive them so they can become who they really are. And you know, it's a, it's a big question. It's a big question, that identity. Who am I really? Am I a, an accident? Am I a man and a woman's will? You see, that's what the Scripture says that over and over. Says, Listen, you're not any of those things. That's not who you are. You're who He says you are. You're who he, who he lived on earth. He was the firstborn of many brothers. You have a twin brother, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you know that Jesus, when, I, when you read Jesus Christ in the Bible, always remember, Jesus was who he was in the flesh, in the natural, his flesh, his skin and blood. But when he agreed with God and gave his flesh to the Father, he became Jesus Christ. Christ means baptism. It's the Holy Spirit 
working through him. You know who you are? You're the perfect vessel. You're the perfect glove for Jesus to put on and to live in the world through. Your voice becomes his voice in the world. Your actions become his actions. When I saw people, it really, it just, it, it was so emotional to me to watch it going on at, at men's camp. I saw men embracing other men and encouraging who those men really are. Not who they see. They're not stupid. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, I know what's going on in the world, but I choose to say who Jesus says they are is true and not who the world says they are or what I see. And I saw men doing that with each other, and I saw men doing it with boys, and I saw boys doing it with each other. I'm like, that's faith, and it's true. So what do you want to believe? Do you want to believe what you brought in here, or do you want to believe what Jesus says about you? You see, Jesus wants us to live by faith, not by sight. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? And so all of forgiveness does, it's like, the, if, if you have sin in your life, if you have bondage in your life, if there's death knocking at your door, I wrote it up there, it, it, it has no part of us. It's, it's a squatter in unbought territory. Jesus Christ paid the price and set us free. He bought us with his blood and he owns us. Now, whenever there's sin in your life, guess what? There's an unauthorized, what do you want to call it? <laughs> there's a squatter living in Jesus' house, but you're his house. No matter if somebody else is living there or not, you're his house. He bought you. He paid for you. And the enemy doesn't have a right to any part of us. And when you see the enemy active in your life, you need to repent, which means go back and believe what God said about you is true. And when that happens, something happens. He's an invader. The enemy's an invader. It's a disease. It's not who I am. And I think in our lives, we've been taught to focus so much on the disease that we forget who, how, what wellness looks like. We forget what it's like to be healthy. We forget what it's like to walk in the light and not in the darkness. And the enemy wants us to think that's who we are. That's what the world, I see the world, the enemy in the world wants to convince you that you aren't who Jesus says you are. And he is, he's creating evidence, piles and piles and piles of evidence. And I don't care if he has a mountain of evidence against me, I'm going to believe what Jesus says about me. And that takes a lot of faith because there's a lot of evidence. But I still believe what the, he, the, he's greater in, who's in me is greater than he who's in the world. And so there's a squatter in our lives. Bear with each other and forgive each other. So am I a victim to others' opinions? Am I a victim to the world? Am I a victim to my past? Am I a victim? No. He's redeemed us, right? It's like he's going to argue with you until you turn red in the face. He's not going to ever quit telling you who you really are and the world wants you to say you're a victim to everything that's not true you have a new daddy and he loves you and he he sees good in you he's it don't matter how deep it's buried he sees it and he's going to speak to you as if you're them not whatever that other voice is saying so I love this here's who you really are Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 I like this verse I like everything, really, in the Bible. Uh, so I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. You see, who's this about? Is it about Jesus or is it about me? Is it about Jesus or is it about what you were told? Is it about Jesus or is it about what people think about you? It's about him. He's the guy. He's the man, you know. And here's what he says. I pray that Jesus would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. It's already in you. Like every good gift, every perfect gift is already in you and me and all of it. Every single one in this room. Actually, it's in every single person in the world because of what Jesus did impacted the whole world. Now, you know why something needs to be unveiled? Because you can't see it. You don't believe it. 
That's why we are called a people of faith. He said, I pray that he would unveil within you how lousy and sorry and no good and worthless you really are. That's my words. That's not in the Bible. You know what he said? I'm praying that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. You know what happens when you begin to agree with Jesus about who you are? Actually, I'm so excited because we have so many babies and unborn babies in here right now. I mean, I like you old people, but not near as much. It's like, this is so exciting to me. And I'm not announcing who's got babies and who doesn't have babies. I mean, Tracy Dolan is not pregnant. He just, has a, he just has this problem. It's like every time he sees food, his arm goes like that. I don't know. I'm kidding, Tracy. I love you, Tracy. <coughs> I love you, man. I, I need to quit smoking, too. <coughs> Someone at the men's camp tried to get me to smoke a cigar. Yeah, who said yeah? <laughs> David, I smelled it. It did smell good. It was real sweet, you know. But uh, they said if I smoked it, I'd probably get sick and throw up and be, have a horrible time. I said, I'm good. I don't want to do that. And so the, I chewed it for a while, and it, I still got sick. They're not. You shouldn't chew those things, I don't think. You know, it's tricky. It tasted good, but then it made me sick. I'm like, hmm, sounds like the devil. Right? <laughs> the, the devil does. He holds a, he holds a stick out on a carrot. And, he, and you go for it, and then it, you get it, and you're like, I wish I never got that. He holds a carrot out on a stick and leads us around into dark places with that carrot, doesn't he? Okay, um, y'all don't get lost. You need to focus and hang with me here. I had uh, somebody that watches us on the internet a lot. Uh, he noticed, he said, you know, those people don't laugh much there, do they? And I'm like, no, they really don't. I mean, they don't have much of a sense of humor. And he said, well, maybe it's you. And I'm like, no, it's them. It's you guys. And he said, well, you need to put something on the Internet so that people can comment while we're watching it on TV. I mean, on Facebook, whatever. And I'm like, no, that probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> we'll just skip that part. Guess what happens when you start to believe what he says about you is true? I think we grew up in such a negative world and so much of the devil involved in our lives that we believe the negative things the world or ourselves or our parents or the television say about us more than we believe God's word. More than we believe in the power of what Jesus did. You know what's going to happen to you if you start believing who Jesus says you are and agreeing with him by faith, right? You know what's going to happen to you? He tells us supernatural strength floods your innermost being and his divine might and explosive power. And then he's going to release life and love inside of you that will overcome the world. Well, how does that do that? By believing in what he did and believing in what he says. You see, we live in a world where we think we have to become something for that power to get released. We believe we have to earn it, right? We live in this barter society. And Jesus is like, you're my kid. I'm going to give it to you. Just trust me. Agree with me. And that's what God wants to do. It's the really, the, it's the root. I love that. I love the way I say it. His love becomes the source and root of your life when you agree with him about who you are. Is there anybody in this room who judges himself negatively right now? Hmm? Like 98, 99% of us. Somewhere. Is there anything about your life you're not happy about, what you do, what you say? I mean, maybe you smoke cigars and you're inside, you think, you know, I really shouldn't because they make me sick. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But what'd you do last year? Oh, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a lucky sinner saved by grace, barely going to squeak in under the gates of hell. And, and Jesus said, uh, hello? It's not what I say. It's not what I think about you. 
Do you know that when you agree with him, it releases his power inside of your life? And that literally, by using your faith, not being perfect, that's not what releases his power inside of you. You know, um, maybe I like babies so much because they haven't started judging themselves yet. Right? They haven't. And so they're the, they're the coolest things on earth. Guys, let's, let's become like small children again. I think it says that in Scripture. If you want to be in his kingdom, become like a small child. And this will become powerful in you. So I wanted to get to this verse. This is what I'm, I'm looking for. And we'll just spend a few minutes here. Uh, it's really freedom. He says in, in the end of that psalm, he says, And lead us not into temptation. And I talked about that word temptation last week. It's a confusing word because here's what that word means. It means to test through piercing, to examine closely, to te a test to determine the hidden value of something. And I told you all that story about Jeannie when she, God showed her what was going to happen to me that day. And I was worried sick that God also showed her what was in my dirty, dirty heart and in my past. And God didn't do that. You know why? Because that ain't God. You know what God wants to show us? Who we, who we are. He wants to show us who's our Father. That's not me. Gary, you did that. Um, <laughs> Gary just walked to the back door. You didn't do that. It's me. You know, when this word, this word for temptation, when God gives you the ability to see in micro detail, deep, deep into your heart, what He gives you the ability to see is whose image were you created in? Who knit you together? Who created you with your body and your hair and your eyes and your temperament and your abilities and your lacks? Who created you perfectly to be a container of His presence in the world today? God. Big G. And He made you right. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I think so. Am I good now? Uh, he made you that way. He made me that way. We're perfect for who we're supposed to be because the power comes from him through us when we agree with him, just like Jesus. Jesus was a man born in the flesh on earth who gave himself to the Father without limit, and God was able to move power through him every day, every moment. What he did 2,000 years ago affected the, all of history do you know that he made you the same way he made Jesus he's just waiting for us to agree with him and there's such a big deal when we do that forgiveness happens you see your hidden value is based upon what scripture says not your history not your past not your genetic DNA it's based upon what Jesus accomplished not what you accomplished it's what he accomplished and that gives you your value he said you know what I loved I'll pick on Tracy again I love Tracy Dolan so much it's like a treasure that was hidden in a field in that dirt sitting right there there's treasure inside that dirt <laughs> and that's uh, uh I was going to say something that might be derogatory but uh, that dirt right there God looks at Tracy and sees treasure and the treasure was put there. It's his ability to allow Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God and the God the Father, to live through him in this world in a way unique that nobody else in the history of the world's ever done. Where he goes, what he does, his voice, his everything. You know, God has waited his whole life to live through you. And matter of fact, he paid for that field with everything he had. Just so he could dig the treasure out of you. That uh, <laughs> she's just like her mama. <laughs> uh huh. Well, no, she's cuter than her mom. But other than that, she's just like her. Did you know God sees you as a treasure? And then everything in you is trying to argue against that. 
I'll never be good enough. I'll never do it. I can't even. I was talking to somebody the other day that they were so messed up because they can't quote scriptures and verses. They can't remember. And it just messed up their life, you know. And I'm, I'm praying with them, doing uh, freedom prayer with them on the phone. They're, they live in another state. And I'm praying with them. And they're so messed up about that. And I'm sitting there going, well, I'm a preacher and I can't remember John 3.16 most of the time. I'm doomed. What am I going to ever accomplish for God? And this lady had like half of the New Testament fully memorized and she was beating herself up because she couldn't remember it all. I'm like, my goodness. No. Who you are, good memory, bad memory, good voice, bad voice, short, tall, you're perfect for his presence. You were created by him. It's like a custom-made suit, right? It's like a glove that you've worn for a long time that fits your hand perfectly. That's who you are. Jesus wants you to agree with him about that. Forgiveness happens, right? Our hidden value is not. We look deep inside of us. You know what you see when you look deep inside? You see you were created for him in his image. That other stuff, that's, a, that's, a, that's illegitimate. Not supposed to be there. Forgiveness happens when we release ourselves and others and agree with Jesus about who they really are. See, that's what forgiveness is. Have you forgiven yourself? Or you still got a list of grievances and wrongs and facts? And then the hard thing for some people, for most people, I guess, uh, for me, it's harder to forgive myself. I don't have any trouble. I don't have any trouble. It's easier to forgive other people, but forgiving me is hard. Have you forgiven others? who didn't act like who they really are, who were in bondage to the darkness, who did, and you know what I mean? Have you said, you know what, I, I see what you did, but I'm forgiving you, and I'm going to believe that you are who God created you to be. You may be the only one in the world that believes that's true, but your faith can release them from darkness. Your faith can change their life. Do you believe in those kids that we took to camp? Even the ones that are acting up? Do you believe in those men who are still acting like knotheads? Do you believe that that's not who they really are? Do you believe in the selfish people you see around you? Do you believe in the people that what Jesus Christ did is greater than what the evidence is showing who they are? And you're going to look them in the eye, and even if they spit in your face or shoot you, and you're going to say, you know what? You may be doing that, but that's not who you are. You are a son of the living God created in his image. Are you willing to go down with the ship saying that? That's faith. And it's faith is how God changes the world. Jesus believed in you and me long time before we were ever born. And he saw everything. And he still believed. Unshakable faith he had. So I, I love what's happening. I love this. Uh, and, it, and what happens is temptation is trying to lure us to live out of community with God. And out of relationship with our friends. And out of relationship Temptation is the judgment that separates us. You see, in our minds, we get separated from God. In Jesus, the power of what his blood did, we're never separated from him. You see, but in our minds, we do. And then the devil wants us to believe lies about ourselves, and the devil wants to separate us from our families. The devil wants to separate us from community. The, the devil wants to separate us from all relationships. I mean, the, this men's camp out, I mean, you guys didn't get to go, but uh, it was community and family, and something happened inside of the men there at that camp out. Now, a lot of you made it possible for the men to go. It was a big deal. You see, forgiveness happens when we, by faith, release ourselves and others to be who Jesus says we really are. And then in Romans 14, you read that whole passage. I just stole this last, this verse 23. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat because they do not act from faith. And then look what Paul said. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. 
It'll take faith for you to believe who Jesus says you are is true, not who you have been or lived or are. It's easy to judge yourself. I don't know. You know what? You know what you do today? Uh, you could give that up. You could forgive yourself today. Maybe you're not as smart as you want to be. You know, like that poor lady I was praying with, she couldn't memorize stuff the way she wants to. And then other Christians, they're just memorize everything and she can't do it. You know what? Maybe God made her that way on purpose. I figure he made me that way because I have to stay in constant contact with him because I can't remember anything. So I have to hear, I have to hear his voice all the time. The stuff I knew yesterday doesn't count because it's gone now. I've got to hear him again today. I figure that's a blessing. I'm way ahead of you guys because y'all can live. Remember yesterday, and it's like, I'm with Jesus a whole lot more than y'all are. That was funny, too, but y'all didn't get it. I'm not really. It's true for all of us. So today, you know why the evil one, what he uses to get us? He wants us to do things through self-effort. Not based on what Jesus did. Not based on what he says. Not based on his life. The devil, just like with Adam and Eve, holds it out and says, you need to try harder. You need to do more. You need to do this. You did that. You're disqualified. You should hide from God because God knows. And the God went to the Adam and Eve and said, who told you? Because that's what he, the God knows this is true. There's a spirit in the world that's at your adversary. Jesus has already defeated him, but you and I still listen to him because he's the accuser of the brethren is what it says in, Ro, in Revelations. He will remind you of everything you've missed or not done or done. He'll remind you over and over again. And that's the devil. That's a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And God is saying, who will stand up and live by faith in this world today and say what Jesus did for me is greater than what everything that happened to me or anything I've ever done. That takes a man or a woman of faith. And who will look at our children and tell them the truth about who they are because this is who you really are. You're not rebellious. You're not angry. You're not lazy. You're not stupid. You're not handicapped. You're perfect in who God forms you to be. And you are a good young man. You're a godly woman. That, who's going to tell the children that when they're all acting up and messing up? And, and Who's going to do that? Who's going to look at a couple of knotheads? Because, you know, I do know this. Philip Isaac and I were both knotheads, right, Philip? You guys don't know. Right now, we look like saints. I mean, it's like we look pretty good. I mean, we got our clean shirts on. You don't want to know what I know. <laughs> he was 16 and his brothers, right? Well, you don't want to know what he knows about me. But you know what? That's not who I really was. No, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he's, he said he's not telling. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. I really don't care if you do because that's not who I really was. That's what I was in bondage to. And then one day the Lord said, Alan, this isn't who you are. I'm like, really? You talk about bowing your knee before somebody. When Jesus tells you he loves you and he cares for you and he's, when he sets you free, you bow your knee to him because you're overwhelmed emotionally with love. I fell in love with a man. <laughs> and I'm not a homosexual. I just fell in love with a man. His name was Jesus. You know what? He loves you. And he wants to put, release his power in you. But you have to forgive yourself. And begin to live by faith. And not by sight. So today, you want to live that way? You know, uh, I think it'd be a great day to say, you know what? I want to become one of those freak, one of those freak people that loves everybody because they see who Jesus says people are rather than what people are doing. You know those people. I want to become those people, one of those people that hugs and loves and and just sees stuff in children and has great faith for children, even if they have to do it fifty times, they still believe. I want to be one of those people. And you know what? The truth is, that's who you guys are. 
it's beautiful when I was at the men's camp. I mean, those men, you know, y'all know them. They're full of sin and stuff and all kinds of garbage. But <laughs> they are, you know. It's like a couple of us are ta- sitting around talking about how we're not doing illegal things now that we would have done in the past, fishing and hunting. It's like, I'm perfectly, I had a license and everything. It was wonderful, you know. But the truth is, that's not who I was then. I believe that we still have some forgiven to do around here. We've still got some repenting, which means agreeing with him. If you have a place in your life where you're ashamed of yourself, where you're disappointed, where you need to get it together and agree with God, then his power takes over. Quit trying to work for what Jesus gave us. That's sin. Quit believing that you're beyond hope and this is whatever it is. That's sin. You know what, what life comes from? Faith in Jesus Christ and what he did. And then the same spirit that worked in him is going to work inside of us. I love it. You know how you can tell. You know, we all get, we're all upset now. And um, Okay, I got one minute. I'm going to do this. I want you to look at a verse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. You don't have to read the next ones. They're all good, you know, but this is the big one. We're all worried about the end times and the Antichrist coming and all that, you know. Um, but I think we don't look at what Scripture says. We, don't, we need to hear the Holy Spirit. John said this. He said, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, you know. Test them to see whether they're from God because there's the spirits in this world. There are spirits. You, you're encountering spirits all the time. Demonic spirits and Holy Spirit and angels. You're, you're encountering spirits all the time. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Don't you think that would be a good thing to know? In our world today, that would be a good thing to know. How do I know who the Spirit of God is? Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. You can spend months and years thinking about that and asking the Holy Spirit for revelation. That's how you know a spirit is from God because the Spirit from God agrees with the fact that Jesus Christ right, is from God. And I believe that's recognizing Jesus, the born of man, fully man, fully human, was filled with God. He was also fully God. God was in Jesus' flesh fully. And that's how you know someone's from God. Now look what it says. Anyone that, every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. I love all the way we sing about how wonderful Jesus is and it's all about Jesus and the name of Jesus and all that. Absolutely, you cannot lift him up enough. But we drop the fact of what John's talking about. Jesus was a man. He was a great man, but he gave himself to God. And it was the Spirit of God in Jesus that made him special. He just gave himself to God. It didn't matter what he looked like. We don't know. I mean, we know the Bible says he wasn't pretty. The Bible says there was nothing about Jesus himself that would have attracted man to him. Now, guys, you need to start reading their Bibles. There was nothing about Jesus that would have attracted us to him in his natural state. So that means he probably wasn't pretty. He probably didn't talk well. I think he was autistic, and he probably had a funny feet and a weird face. Because the Bible says there was nothing about Jesus that would have attracted us to him. But he allowed God to live inside of him and to flow through him. In such a ways that changed the world. The most talked about, written about person in the history of the world was Jesus Christ. Born before television. Before media. You know, and that's crazy. So, here's what we know. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is a spirit of the Antichrist. Oh, 
wait, John, do you, you really knew what that spirit is? I thought we were all waiting for the Antichrist to come, but John says this is how we know now. The spirit of the Antichrist was active, totally active in the first century. Which you've heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Hmm. That'll mess up your end-time theology if you start reading Scripture and taking it serious. You're like, oh, rats. He's already here. And he is coming. But he's already here. You know what that spirit does? That spirit says, you're not good enough. That spirit says, yeah, Jesus can do that, but I can't do it. That spirit says, you know, it'd be better if Jesus would have stayed on earth. You know, Jesus knew we were like that. He said, guys, you all want me to stay here, but it's better for you if I go away. Because if I go away, right, the Holy Spirit that lives in me is going to live in all of you. And that's better. And so then this next verse, then John really messes this up. You, bam, 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 you, dear children, are from God. Now, that's what Scripture says. You're from God. You as you are right now. Your history, your past, your body, your mind, your spirit, your stomach, good or bad, whatever. You are from God. And you've overcome them. You know why you're going to win this battle? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So there's not a loser in this room unless you don't believe this. I want to believe it. Even when I fail. You see, when I fail, I hear that accuser saying stuff. When, I'm, when I recognize my, my inabilities, I hear the accuser's voice. Sometimes when I, when I look at the world around me, I'm like, oh, we're losing. No. I read the scripture. He who lives in you is greater than he's in the world. How many gods do we need to change the world? Well, I just one. God, you know, God the Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus. That's, he's God. Him and the rest of the world are down here. Well, guess who lives in you? And we think it's going to take, a, no, it takes one. We need someone today to stand up and say, you know what, Jesus, I don't understand all this stuff, but I'm going to discover who you say I am, and I'm going to believe what you say. And when you do that, you're, it's going to release his power in you. And all of a sudden, something that's not attractive and not beautiful and not lovely becomes the sun and changes the world. Guys, you've got destiny, and your destiny is to live the same life that Jesus Christ lived when he was on earth. That's your destiny. And it's going to look a billion different ways. But it's all going to have the same power that Jesus had working in him. So give up. Give up arguing with him. Give up arguing with Scripture. Give up. You might as well give up. <laughs> you're going to give up one day. It may be when you get to heaven. But you're going to give up. Well, do it now and you're going to change the world. You're wonderful. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Like we got some. Let's all stand up if y'all don't mind. We got uh, some people that want to pray with you. Because I think uh, y'all can read the thing about Cain and Abel and stuff. Because there is a battle. There's the first mention of sin in the Bible was with Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's first children. Cain and Abel tells us what sin is. You know what sin is? It's a roaring lion wanting to control you. You know when you give it control? When you judge yourself. And when you judge what you see. So this morning, why don't you give that up? Give up judging. Some of us, I believe what Lisa said earlier is true. I think there's something that you have in your heart that you still haven't let go of. And Jesus is looking at you right in the face. And he's saying, that's not who you are. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. That's not who you are. Why don't you let it, let it go? Give, forgive yourself. Agree with him. 
And let's see what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. It's in Ephesians 3. Because greater is he that's in you than he's that's up here in the world. So this morning, I, I pray that our eyes will be open. I, I want to see myself and to see every one of you the same way God does. And I want to see my enemies the same way God sees them. They're his kids. He loves them even when they're messed up. So Jesus, I just thank you that you see us differently than we see ourselves. I want to thank you for the, the hope you have, which is eternal, God. I just thank you that you see the beginning, the end, the past, and the future all at the same time. So God, we want to be a people who stand up and say, we trust you. I have faith in what you say and who you are greater than I have faith in the world. So Holy Spirit, would you reveal to each one of us if there's something in our hearts and our lives that we need to let go of? Is there anywhere, God, inside of us where we're judging ourselves? Where we feel like we've disappointed you? God, give us the courage to bring those things to you this morning. To turn, turn it over to you. To trust what Jesus did and what he's still doing. So just let Jesus speak to you right now. And if you're here right now and there's something in your heart that you need to give to him, uh, we have prayer teams up here that would love to pray with you. And uh, let's leave it here. Let's leave this place with faith, with greater faith in him than we've ever had. So Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you speak to each one of us right now God, I thank you that there may be sorrow in the night, but joy always comes in the morning. So, Jesus, I thank you for the joy that you're waiting to release in our lives. Let's thank you, God. Amen, amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Uh, pray for the men. The team in uh, Guatemala, they're doing great. They'll be back Thursday, I believe. And, uh, but pray for them and go to Pat Davis's Facebook page and you can watch some of the services and stuff when they have uh, Facebook live on there. Okay. So God bless you guys. Uh, I hope you come next week and we can sit down and eat together. The, uh, that pastor potluck. Thank you.